Welcome to Broke as Shit with Dave Mahogany, a comedy podcast for anyone who considers themselves to be broke as shit and will never fully recover from it. Now here's your host, Dave Mahogany. Hey guys, welcome to Broke as Shit with Dave Mahogany. I'm Dave, clearly solo podcast. Um, If you listened to the first episode, I apologize, it was pretty shitty. But in all manners of being broke, it was pretty much where it needed to be. Uh, going forward, it'll be much better, probably better prepared. I didn't really know what I was going to do or really where the channel was going to go. But now it should be picking up some momentum in a good direction. But if you made it this far, thanks for following along. Check us out. We have a Facebook page. It's BAS Comedy Podcast. And then also, if you want to relay any of your broke shit stories... Because that's going to be kind of the basis of most of this thing. We'll do my little shtick, and then at the end, we can throw in some of your stuff. Um, I'll also give you like a, an overview of what I'm gonna, I've am gonna i experienced throughout the week between podcasting, uh, just some broke instances, because this shit affects us day to day, and you have all seen it. You know, it could be a bank fee, it could be whatever. But that's BAS Comedy Podcast on Facebook, and then also... Um, you can leave a message at brokeisshitpodcast at gmail.com. Also follow along on Instagram, which I don't really remember what it is at this point. I set it up. Who knows? Let's check it out. Um, this will be another way you can find out. I'll just, as I roam the earth and finding some broke shit, you know, you'll basically see it there. So for that, uh, let's see. That's going to be at broke as sh. T. So I can't put shit on there, just, you know, for the kids, I guess, if they're listening to this. Okay, so after all of that, let's get that's all out of the way. Hopefully this isn't coming in too hot on the mic. All right, so what have I been doing since the last podcast? So basically just living life as best I can, trying to make it to payday, you know, as everybody else is. Um this podcast, I'll have a few different topics that we'll go over and, uh, you know, just any kind of things that I can think of. I, 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 I live in tangency, so I'll be going off in all directions with a bunch of different things. Um, but so some broke behaviors, I guess. Um, one thing I really hinted on last time was the need for buying stuff that you didn't necessarily need, but somehow you get it in your mind. Like it kind of just like picks at you. It's like a you know, like you stepped on something sharp and it's like in your sock and it keeps getting at you. And then eventually you're like, man, I really needed this thing. This, this, for the microphone I'm currently using, I, I went through, I think three different versions of microphones before I, I actually landed on this one. Now this is something I, I used to work for a radio station way back when, and this is a very, this is a version that they used to use as well as some others, but this is one of those instances. So is this actually better than what all, all of my other shit was? No, not at all. But in my mind, I feel like it is. So that that's just kind of the instance and that's what happens like week to week because even if you go that one week without say buying anything or a day or a couple of days depending on who you are something in you still wants to go and it wants to get you just hooked on it you still want to go you want to go buy something it's like when you're trying a diet you try to stop eating something you know fried foods or something but they keep calling to you or at least me maybe i'm a bit of a psycho but you know as you drink like i i remember at one time when i was uh i was younger when i was first in college i, I tried to you know, exercise a bunch and lose a bunch of weight. I mean, I was having dreams after about a month of French fries. And, you know, 
as one does when you're 20, rather than dreaming of, you know, girls or whatever the hell else, like, you know, maybe your future. I was dreaming about fast food. And, um, and needless to say, I slid back toward my old habits, but that, that's the same kind of thing. I think, uh, keep in mind, I'm a, I'm a fucking moron. So everything I say is just kind of whatever I think throughout the day. And if you have a a boring job or if you do anything like that, I mean, I'm not saying I have a boring job. I actually like my job, but you know, you're sitting in traffic, you got nothing else to do. You know, people are barely paying attention as is. You might as well think of some broke tendencies that you have and just different things that you do. And you see, you start thinking about other shit that is advertised to you throughout the day. And it really, they're very good because it sticks with you. And then it gets you to want the new thing, even though it's marginally better, if not the exact same damn thing. And I, I, you know, to keep it somewhat relevant, I mean, look at Peloton now. How often do you buy new gym equipment? Seriously. Like, what is the fucking need for another? That is a business model. It's great. They sold a bunch of them. I'm sure they're fantastic. I know a lot of people who bought one. But how many times are you going to buy yet another exercise bike? And really, did they make it any better than the Nordic track or whatever the fuck the thing was back, you know, in the 80s? They didn't really. Or if you get just a, if you have a bicycle, which a lot of people do, depending on where you live, um, you don't need to keep buying these things. Now, we've got some cool, you know, gadgets and things that use a little magnet to slow, you know, to apply resistance and like that kind of stuff. That's what sells me on a lot of stuff. And that's why I like a lot of times Apple products is because they always show the manufacturing and it's like these, you know, of course they're not showing the people jumping off the building or any of that crazy shit. So you're not seeing that side of it, but they're showing you like how they machine the phone and you're like, man, this is like something, it's like space age style technology, but that stupid thing. They're very smart because they know for people like me, they're like, this guy is going to make a foolish decision and buy a $1,200 phone or commit himself to a contract where he has to pay it back over the next two to three years. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. So to keep it back to the Peloton thing, it's like now they have really suffered because once you buy the thing, there's no obsolescence. It's a bicycle. I mean, (laughs) I'm pretty sure Leonardo da Vinci's bicycle still works. So they're screwed with that a little bit. I guess if they can find a way to another rebrand something, but I mean, the only real thing that you're paying for is, yeah, once you get all of that stuff, you're paying for the classes, then it becomes a gym membership like anything else. And over the years and lifespan of what you have, depending on what you want, I mean, it's not really worth it. People are going out into the world again. So I don't know where I went with this, but this was this is the kind of stuff that I think about while I'm sitting in traffic, you know. And depending on where you live, like I've lived in Atlanta, I've lived in outside of Cincinnati, I've driven through L.A., San Francisco. Like I've been through some shit traffic, and that's pretty much what you think about, you know, day to day, other than the fact that you're just angry at the person in front of you. But... That was my weekend recap when I was thinking about it was like, okay, so Peloton's not doing too hot. But I mean, if they want to give me one, that's fine. I'll take it. But again, once you buy one of those things, I mean, how 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 long will gym equipment really last? It's just kind of like, you know, they do, they've done studies where like Americans or just people around the world, a lot of times they want a new car every about five years or so. And unless you design obsolescence into some of these things, uh, I hear that a lot when it comes to technology, like a phone or a computer or something. That's a little different because things do progress in a different way that, say, a machine doesn't necessarily do that. But you can design a machine to fail. Uh, So unless they did that with the Peloton, which if they did that, you'd probably be breaking these things pretty quickly. But I, I don't know of anybody who's actually broken one aside from the, you know, treadmills that have been eating people and small animals. But I don't know. I mean, you know, they, they took a hit for the whole sex in the city thing, but now 
it's it's the you know the laptop class the people staying at home who are like you know this is great you know we're doing our part but now they're going out and now they want to go back to the gym and now they bought the peloton and then i mean it's it's habitual things they weren't necessarily trying to be healthier but they saw a thing it looked nice it was sleek it had a certain aesthetic it has a kind of an image with it and this isn't the Peloton podcast. I, this was just something I, I absolutely thought about right now. And then also while I was driving, when I heard that their uh, sales went down by an extreme amount. And that's really what you're looking at. Um, you know, but it's like, it's that kind of a, it, that is a broke mentality. You might have the money for it, but the mentality itself is just like broke people shit. It's like this idea that you got to have this thing. I mean, it works across all ends of the spectrum, except for the people that really do live like trash. Um, and I mean, this like the, the wealthiest of the wealthy, a lot of times they have very old handed down. I mean, maybe it's nice stuff, but they don't spend any of it and they almost hoard their money. Those people are not necessarily broke, but they are crazy. Um, and then, you know, then they rule the world. So that's always fun. So I don't know, maybe there's gotta be a happy balance between a broke as shit mentality and, you know, <laughs> a curmudgeon that hates most of the world. So that's the kind of stuff. So if you have any of those types of ideas or like if you have some like broke tendencies, I'd love to hear them. So, you know, again, shoot me an email or leave me a, a message. Uh, broke as SHT at or at broke as uh, SHT on Instagram. You can leave a message or on the Facebook page, BAS Comedy Podcast, or send an email to broke shit podcast at gmail.com and we'll read it. So. One of my topics for today, aside from Peloton talk, because, you know, <laughs> Peloton, um, one of my topics would be, it's like the token, I always thought about this when I was, uh, as I've been growing up, and just, there's always somebody like the token economist or paralegal, like there's, these are like one and the same kind of people. And this is a really broke kind of thing that just exists because it's always everybody either somehow when shit goes down, they know the law or they know how an economy works or they even know what a fucking economy is they take usually one class if you go all the way through high school and, and but they act like they know everything about it like they themselves you know they're ben bernanke or whomever you know pick i, I don't even know the, the current fed chairman or any of that stuff that's uh how much i've kind of like removed myself from the world in the past few years but it's like Every time something happens, it's always a talk about like, you know, currency, like start quoting these things that they are just repeating whatever they've heard. I mean, I guess we all kind of do it, but it's like they always have an opinion on it. And it's like every time there's a legal legal case or something, they start going into this mindset. of It's like you've never taken a day of law school in your life or they ask their friends who may be attorneys. And a lot of them, if if they're worth their brass, um, they basically just say, well, I don't practice that particular type of law. So, but if, you know, from the brief things that I studied, it's like, yeah, that's exact. That's how a smart person answers a fucking question. It, it's, it's, it's not committing so wholeheartedly to something that you don't really know and delivering it as if you wrote it. But the token economist is a real interesting thing now just because everyone knows a guy. Everyone... <laughs> You know, everybody's had to do something. And then most of the time they're just using like TurboTax or H&R Block or something, which, by the way, is pretty funny a few years ago where H&R Block actually did their taxes incorrectly, you know, for what it's worth. But the 
the fact that everybody is some form of token something like this but I, in my mind i think about like the the paralegal or the the economist because that that seems to be like when you're growing up every time there's somebody who gets a dui or something and, and they're like well you know legally they gotta it's like you know they can't arrest you they legally got to tell you if you're a cop it's like hey buddy you're a cop you know yeah you know i'm holding you know an illegal you know sawed off gun and all this kind of stuff but yeah, the economist thing is weird now because now everybody's getting into like the crypto market and I I know about crypto but I don't know about crypto, which is what I think most people who talk about crypto don't ever say because if you know about it, you don't really talk about it too much, but at this point it's almost it's like it be, you know, it's Peloton. It's it's CrossFit, it's veganism, it's everything. It just becomes this thing that everybody's always talking about and I'm almost I'm almost concerned as a bystander by watching this because I see so many people getting into something that maybe they really shouldn't be a part of. Maybe they should be learning more about it. But a lot of times it's like, oh, I'm going to buy into this. I'm going to buy into that. And the one thing that I've noticed throughout my life, at least, and just reading up, you know, on casual reading of history is, you know, you do on a Friday night. But a lot of times the people who make the structures that you deal with. If there is something new, they will very quickly adopt it or have created it. And it is just a way to kind of sell it off to the masses. I don't know if that's the case with something like a decentralized currency, which is not a bad thing because everything now is just, you know, it's it's fake. It's all fiat. And just like the car, I mean, it's kind of shit. So, you know, not to knock... Well, I'm going to knock fiat. I actually had that as a rental car once. Uh, that was... Oh, my God. That, you know... There was no Jennifer Lopez driving that kind of thing. That little piece of shit. Like the the worst part about it is it's not designed. It's probably not designed for like men to drive it. But the idea, it's like the the to sit far enough back to drive this car. Which it was fun because the wheels are so close, so it's like a little go kart. But to drive this thing, your legs. I'm you know about five eleven, six foot, somewhere around there, depending on which day, and. My legs are long enough to where I have to push the thing, the uh, the seat back. But the issue with it is when you move the seat back, the steering wheel is still too far away for your arms. So it's a really counterintuitive vehicle. So you have to kind of fit within that sweet spot and whatever. You know, the their advertisement was like J-Lo driving this thing around like, ah, this is the greatest car I've ever had. Or just like when you hear McConaughey talking about a Lincoln, it's like, they don't drive this shit. Or Shaq talking about his Buick. Shaq don't need a Buick. But <laughs> either way, so the token economist, but it's like a lot of people getting into the crypto market and everybody's talking about economic policy. They're talking about, well, this is good for inflation. This is this. This is things that they never really knew about. And then you'll hear some people, the, the news will report like this is they are comparing the current inflation to that of the Weimar Republic. And to hear these people pronounce a word that they don't know is actually German is always fun because you'll see these people talk about something that they don't really know. Like when GameStop, that whole thing went down and people were shorting, they were trying to short the stock. It's like how many people became an expert in shorting fucking stock? Do you even know what that is? Do you even know what a hedge fund is? It's like there's so many people that they, they operate kind of on the margin of knowing anything and they have the strongest opinion. Case in point, this guy talking right now, but... I at least asked the question, like, you know, are you going to figure this kind of thing out? I don't know. But it's it's a lot of people that I think will lose a lot of their money. And the funny thing is they focus so much on this one thing 
Meanwhile, their actual wealth is just getting pissed away or completely bankrolled or steamrolled to some other entity that that's that's why I'm thinking it's like this is just the this is the next play. It's like it's a bit of a Ponzi scheme. And I don't know. We'll we'll see how it plays out. Maybe it'll be good. I think decentralized things are not necessarily bad because then there's no manipulation. And then really realistically, I mean what's what's the strength of money based on? I mean the the English pound the British pound has been so strong for whatever reason, but I mean, what is it really predicated on? Because they're just a small island nation. And it was, I don't know. I mean, it's just purely just a remnants from their empire days. And they're kind of, it's like a, a, a fake status, which is, you know, their society, the little I know about it, haven't been there. It's just, it's very static. There's a, there's a deeply ingrained portion of status in there and a very class structure without actually being like the caste system or something like that. But it's fucking weird, man. But I, again, so you get a lot of people who are into this. Every time there's going to be something legally that happens or every time there's some kind of financial something, these are the same people. They're always the same guy. I'm like how many times, you know, legally they can't really do this. Or, you know, if they just printed this much money and it's like, you have, again, you have no idea. And just accept it. Just accept that we don't know what the fuck's happening, and we're all getting, we're all getting bent over. And <laughs> as soon as we acknowledge we have a problem, then we can begin to solve it. And that is the essence of being broke: is a hollowed-out structure by which you see the world and you think everything operates, but you don't really know. And it's these almost primal urges to do all of this other stuff that you don't really need. Uh, you know, Tesla puts a new car for thirty grand. It's not really thirty grand because after all is said and done, it's, it gets closer to the fifty mark. But they make that. How many people buy it because of? Well, I, I saw this thing. I, they sold it really well. I'm not shitting on any of these people. I mean, again, sell a product, sell a good quality product. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's a broke mentality that keeps people just constantly moving in that direction where you don't want to consider yourself a part of the herd, but in a way you kind of are psychologically and they play to that. And that's what being broke is. And it's a thing that starts from childbirth and just just continues. You see it all around you. It's always there. It's always this, you can have this rewarding thing or you could have that kind of thing. It's like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so that's where you get these people who are the wisest of the fools and they become like the token economist. And everybody knows one. Everybody has that in their friend group. Every time something happens, somebody runs a light, you know, they're like, well, no, don't show up to court because if the cop is not there, you know, it's like the same shit. It just turns into money instead of, you know, instead of law, I guess. Which it gets me to the second thing I wanted to talk about is the stock market and getting rich quick. Because man, uh, I've watched a lot of jail shows on Netflix and Hulu. They're, they're fantastic, but almost every single one of these people, they're always talking about how much they, they love. They love quick money. They always love that. They, I, I like the fast money lifestyle, so I, I that's why I'm I'm still in jail. And it's like <laughs> everybody's into that kind of a thing. It's like you just you're just finding ways to steal it in a sense. But I, I, so many people now are are playing, doing something with the stock market. I'm not saying investing is necessarily bad. Um, you know, 
<laughs> I'm just I'm kind of that guy just standing out there watching the damn breach. But I still have no idea because I'm still, you know, downstream from whatever the hell happens. I'm like, ah, yeah, you know, I don't know anything. But there's a lot of people um, where, I've, you know, throughout since like, say, since the tw- 1920s in the United States, at least. And, and this affected the whole world. This is where, you, again, you go back to the Weimar Republic. But you have what I would think of, you know, we're not that much more advanced than we were then. We just have fancier shit. And that's that's pretty much it. It's just digital, fancy shit. But it's still shit, you know? If you could find a way to take a dump in a box digitally, it would be a nicer version of taking a dump in a box. But when it comes to getting into things like commodity markets and the stock market specifically, um, when people want to buy into companies and different things, I don't know if people really... Because if, if I constantly hear from the same people that say they never learned how to balance their checkbook in school, why was I learning algebra? But then they'll talk to me about stock trading or day trading or shorting a stock or the different types of stocks. Think If you don't understand the concept of balancing a checkbook, please get the fuck out of the stock market. Because all you're going to be doing, you are in a fancy casino. And one of the funniest things I think I ever heard was, um, I want to say it's crystal ball from uh breaking points she said what was it the uh the stock market is like the weather report for rich people you know <laughs> it's like that's it's true it's funny but it's like yeah it's a bunch of you know the commoners the people who really have no business being in something like this are trying to buy things quickly or they're trying to do this thing and it's like i have a few friends you know that's they always talk to me about 401k or they've moved this money here or they've done this I mean, maybe they're getting some gains or something from it, and it's not bad, but the idea of something like the stock market, I mean, these these are people, a lot of times, you know, a lot of people don't understand what a sine wave is, and they don't understand cyclical nature of things, to then get into a market which is heavily cyclical, which is all predicated on a debt cycle, and just as the token economist previously, they don't understand that. And that's when, I mean, from my own experiences, I, I knew people who, you know, they worked their whole life. You know, pensions don't fucking exist anymore, at least in the United States and, the, and many modernized countries. You're kind of on your own. And even other modernized countries, you really kind of are on your own. But the money that they had wrapped up in their things like 401ks, um, it's a great idea. It's, you know, it's not bad. I mean, it, none of it's, nothing is necessarily bad. So there's no good or evil onto any of this shit. It's not, it's not to vilify anybody or to be making us versus them kind of a thing. But people would get into these 401ks. They put all of their money or they'd have a, even their company matches. That's a big thing a lot of times as a selling point. And there's a lot of good things when it comes to taxes and taking money out later. But in a cyclical market that's based off of a debt cycle, which means, you have a heavily credit system, and then you actually have real productivity and real money in there. What happens if you retire in the trough as opposed to on the peak? So your money that you put in is actually worth a lot less. And there's something you could look at microscopically, but then you can look in a larger terms as macroscopically. And those trends also follow a cyclical pattern. But it's like vibration on a line. 
So, you know, my background's in engineering. So this comes with a lot of like understanding of dynamics and vibrations and it, it can be done very similar. And this is, I think, how they analyze a lot of this type of stuff. Cause you're looking at these trends and you just see like you know, the typical stock ticker going up and down. But if you zoom out as a whole, you'll see the actual trend. So it will go up and down, but it'll be somewhere in that middle is where the real trend line, you know, exists. And I, I could be wrong. I'm sure it could be probably more technical and, I'm sure someone, if you know, who actually does listen to this, you can correct me. That's fine. I mean, you know, it's the whole point. I'm trying to learn how to break myself out of this broke mentality. And hopefully you guys, I mean, like a rising tide lifts all ships. Well, this is a broke ass ship and uh, we're taking on water constantly. So I, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it, but we can try. So when it comes to the, um, I don't know, when it, when it comes to, People purchase putting money into four hundred one k's. I saw people in two thousand eight, on you know by no fault of their own, I watched them you know lose at least a third or half of what they put aside, and they they were forced into retirement because of course their job gets cut out because they're at the end of their working life basically, so they're the older employees, so they're most likely going to get cut, and you see this shit happen. It's like. And then later, you know, people do a bunch of work on it. Like Matt Taibbi did a really good thing. And there's, you know, it's a great documentary. Um, uh, what is it? Inside Job that goes over how the collateralized debt obligations, the CDOs and the derivative market actually made things more volatile. And these people were taking out insurance policies on, <laughs> on, on shit that they were hoping to fail. And, you know, it was all around the housing market. But with this CDO you would group a bunch of different things of credit together and then you could you basically bid on how well it's going to do and these is like it, it's just it's a it's a fucking casino man all of this is all of this shit is so it's like i see no different and now i mean don't get me so i'll talk about casinos and this kind of shit and like the real a major push that we have for all of this like sports betting and online betting which isn't a problem because every country other than the US has this shit already and you know i i spent about a year in England and I'd go to a couple of premier league matches and it's like, yeah, you're just betting inside the stadium. So that's just no problem with it, but you know what you're getting because it's a fucking casino. It's, a, it's gambling. But I think there's this veneer on the stock market that a lot of people, it's like enticing. We've always seen movies about this. You see these people and it's like, yeah, okay. 1929 happened. Fuck. Well, they put shit in place, but you know, since pretty much 1981 on, they've been removing every little piece that they possibly could. So that's, that just makes each recession and each little crash bigger and bigger and more impactful and then requires more money. And then you get the terms of bailouts. And then who has to underwrite the loans for these bailouts that's actually granted by the Federal Reserve? Well, it's the same people that fucked you in the first place that now have to do this. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, if that, if that isn't a fucking scam, I don't know what is. And I'm only mad because, God damn it, I wanted to be a part of it. But, you know, it's like there's a fine line in life where you want to have a conscience or you just want to, like, do really well. And this is not a Venn diagram. That's the only thing people remember from from high school literature or, or you know, so always making these stupid bubbles and, like, where they cross over is where it's really important. It's like that's the one thing that doesn't exist. There is no Venn diagram to this. And... I'm kidding. I'm sure there's like, there's some crossover, but it's like, once you start getting enticed with one, you never really go to the other. And it is very polarizing. So 
when I see these people do this, you know, they put a lot of stuff in the stocks. And I had a professor once who said, and he, he was a real smart guy, and he actually taught um, like a quantity and estimation class kind of thing for engineering. And he, he mentioned specifically, um, you know, if you want to play stocks, that's fine. But the stock market itself is, is kind of a long-term investment where you have to actually be around long enough to see the trend. And I think a lot of people are putting a lot of their money into these things that they don't understand what trends are. They don't do the research for it. And I mean, not this like research at this point has become a four letter word. It's been so commandeered, but they don't look into what, what value in a company actually is or what, and, but this would be the same thing as people who want to learn about anything of an economy. An economy is just made up of all transactions. It's all, it's made up of everything. Just as when you want to look at the stock market, you're looking at individual companies or maybe the sale and the market share of commodities around the world, you know, gold, cocoa, you know, unless you're M&M. But the, the market for this takes work. And that's why these people spend, you know, 14, 15 hours and they're, you know, doing some below to keep their, their themselves going. It takes a lot of work. And I, the way that I always thought about it is like, you know, if you, if you put the same effort you put into fantasy football into a market, into stocks, into some kind of trading, you would do very well because it is exactly the same thing as reading stats on these people. Every player has a trend. Every player has an up and a down. Every play, All of the stuff is the same. It's just following data because we're all people. But it sounds cooler to just like, oh, yeah, I was looking at this. I got my Robinhood account or I got my whatever brokerage account, you know, I <laughs> You know, I'm Charles Schwab in this bullshit. And that's great. But like there's that other part of it. And you can now you can pay for services where people will do this kind of stuff for you. And that's where like 401ks, a lot of times they'll have uh, a lot of times, like depending on the company or whoever's managing it, will will select specific stocks that are usually stamped, you know, double A plus, if not triple A ratings. And all that really says is probability-wise, these things should be pretty good and pretty solid. And that's a good rating, you know. But then what you get, the issue with this is, I mean, the the issue is if it is corruptible, which it was in 2008. And, I mean, this shit didn't go away, man. It's still here. This All of this stuff is here. And it's one of those things, like, if you start talking about it, I guarantee you there'll be, like, a bullet in your mailbox, like, to shut you up kind of thing. But... It's like if you can corrupt the agency that guarantees the regulation board that guarantees how good that investment would be, you can convince people to invest in it, even though it's dog shit. And that is exactly what happened with a lot of things. I mean, you have like states who invested their entire uh, state employees pension fund into dog shit stocks because they were stamped double A plus. They were they were stamped as solid investments. And of course they went belly up. I mean, that was the whole point. But then the worst part about it is the people that bought and sold these things and you know, in these CDOs, they they <laughs> like they just they set it up just like a set of bowling pins and just watched them get knocked down. And instead of just throwing one ball down the lane, you now have gutters and you get a shitload of balls. And it's not really a ball, it's more of kind of like a steamroller. And they're always gonna fail. So it's some just weird stuff that I see. And like the more and more I see people getting into this kind of stuff, it's, you know, you see this and it's like, man, I just, 
I understand it's difficult out there. I mean, I, I was shit, man. I was unemployed for almost a year. You know, again, under no fault of my own. You know, shit happens. A lot of people were. A lot of people are still not recovering from this kind of stuff. But it's the fighting that urge of just saying, nah, you know, I and put a little money on this. I mean, I I, I come from <laughs> I come from a real long line of compulsive gamblers, and there's this mentality of like, oh, if we make a little extra on the side, it's like, you're not making extra from this, buddy. You can do work. It's different than gambling in that sense, but it is still a gamble. And it's it, it just the lack of awareness because it now becomes almost like a thing that you, you say you do. It becomes Peloton. It becomes CrossFit. It becomes another thing. It becomes the crypto. It becomes, as a lot of people getting into things, but they never really have true wealth. But they're getting into it as if they do and as if it's a sure thing. And there are some people who will always, you know, the cream always rises to the top. Or if you're 50 cent, you're the cream of the crop. But it, I don't know. It just doesn't, <laughs> I don't know. If you want to invest, find some things. If you really want to look into it, you can do your research on this stuff. Find some safer markets, I guess. Um, you know, buy gold. No, um, go live in the Bahamas. Um or what you do is you get a bunch of money. Maybe you sell some drugs. Maybe you don't. Who's to say? And you channel it through an intermediary, maybe like a taxi business or something, or a bunch of real estate, you know, <laughs> construction companies in Miami, let's say. Um, I think Switzerland's nice this time of year. But that's a lot of it. And, you know... I really think if you if you really want to get into this kind of thing, if you're into something like a fantasy football, then apply that same mentality, the way that people learn about these pro athletes, their stats, the way that they learn about, if you really want to do it, that's the kind of effort you have to put into it. And when I was working for this radio station, I, we were out for a, um, you know, St. Patrick's Day thing. It was like, you know, block party kind of thing. Well, out of nowhere, I guess this guy really wanted to talk, but this is the first time he ever, he, this guy came up to me and started asking me questions about stuff. And I told him I already had a degree in, uh, engineering. And this was when I had my bachelor's and, you know, I'm just, I'm working at the radio station trying to figure things out. Right. You know, I didn't know if I wanted to stick in that or not. And this guy came up to me and he started telling me what he does. And he works with, um, buying and selling oil commodities and petroleum around the world. And he's telling me about the banks that they use for such large transactions. And I've never heard of this bank. Swift is how they do this kind of stuff. And and I looked into it, and he was telling me the same thing. And it's like, that's where you know, I verified. I'm like, is this guy full of shit, or he's just trying to sound cool? I mean, he, he was trying to sound cool to a guy that really did not care. But I'm standing there bored as shit, right? Because I can't drink. I can't do anything. I got to watch these people, and you know, they'll ask me when the DJ is showing up or whatever because you know, they're not. But... They'd come up, and he was telling me about these banks, and for transactions larger than $200 million, that's where they use this type of thing. And how many people knew this kind of thing actually existed? And how many people know, like, if you, you know, everybody talks about, like, what are the first thing you're going to do when you win the lottery? Like, what are you going to do with all the money? You put it in just a generic account, you're, it's only guaranteed, the FDIC, each account for 250000 They don't have that much cash on hand in these smaller banks, so where are you going to put this kind of stuff? you got to go to the fucking national branch or you have to have these other bank accounts or you just move it offshore and don't pay taxes on it you know which is more legal than people would think in most countries so it's just 
he's talking about this and it's like, oh, okay. So he, the one thing that really stuck with me on this, and I know this is like, this is like in between, I guess, comedic. I mean, it'd be probably funnier if I was with somebody else and there may be somebody in the future. But if you did that, he said, you know, watch one less TV show a day, watch, do this one less thing, you know, you know, spend that 30 minutes or an hour on actually learning this particular field. And then you will have been able to do it. Then it'll pay off. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's like everything. I mean, like you spend 30 minutes working out a day in a year's time. I mean, you're crushing it. So I don't know. I always thought about that guy, and I'm sure he's doing fine. You know, I don't know. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's just full of shit. Some crazy guy, some crackpot who decided to walk up to the radio station tent and start telling me things while he's drinking, eating corned beef and cabbage. But it's... um. Yeah, I don't know. Like the one time I bought just general stocks, I worked for uh, the Apple retail store one at one point, and you know you, you could have like an employee sharing whatever. So I bought that or whatever. That was cool. And you buy it for a discount, they give you that, which was great. But the one time I just went out of my way to buy a stock, one guy I was working with, and you know he's one of those people that he is the token economist. He's the token guy on everything. Everything he's got a fucking answer for. He doesn't know shit, but. He found this one thing. He's like, oh, they have a new way to assess like heart disease or whatever. And I was like, okay. And it's like, oh, we're going to put $100 each. Each one of us, we put 100 bucks into this penny stock. And I mean, the stock is shit. I don't even know. If, it probably doesn't work. It doesn't exist anymore at this point. I think within like a year or two, it dissolved. But this company, I mean, we put it in there. We're looking at it like, oh, man, it's, it's you know, it was, I think each share of stock. <laughs> what was it? It was like, you know, not even... Not even two, what was it? Not even two cents a share or something. It was like less than that. You know, it was like a tenth of that. And we were like, oh, but if it goes up to like 20 or 30 cents, I mean, think about how much money. It's like, this is the shit that the first time I ever did sports betting in a casino, I was like, well, this horse has the highest payout. Yeah, but there are the worst odds. I'm like, oh, that's why. It's like, well, but think about if they hit. And there's a reason for that. It's all probability, man. It was so stupid. I sat up there. I mean, I was smoking a cigar, drinking free booze. I mean, that was, I got my money's worth as far as booze goes. But it's like, yeah, I'm like, man, this guy's going to hit. He started out strong and then he fell so far back that it's like he was out of the frame of the shot. That's how bad he was. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And everybody around me is just like, oh, who would have bet on that? And I'm like, yeah, well, you know. So anybody got to pick the sure thing. But it, it's like the same kind of mentality. It's like, so we, we were buying this, this shitty penny stock. And I think that's what was it? Isn't that what uh, I think Jordan Belfort was selling people in Wolf of Wall Street? Like he's just selling people these shit stocks, saying you can make so much with this kind of crap. But this is the stuff. This is this is what people buy. They buy into this crap. You know, they literally buy into this. They start buying all of this stuff. But really, what you're doing, even for the bigger stocks, you're really just repaying the people who initially invested in the company. You know, like these are the people who started off. They put ten million. They put twenty, hundred million. And as they start to go public, then you're buying the, the shares or whatever. You're just you're just giving them their money back, and then they, but they still have control over the company. Whereas I think a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to be able to go. I can go vote and I can share. That's like, eh, I'm not exactly. But I don't know. I just it reminds me of that horse race where you like, wow, this could pay off so well. But then you know, all that ended up happening is lost like I think twenty dollars, which wasn't too bad. Um, unless you want to play craps. Now that's a that's a wise man's game. That's a that's a man who wants to take life in his own hands. And you get a lot of booze, man. If you stand out there 
playing craps for 12 hours. Like sometimes you can be really on a roll and you'll be out there for like 12, 13 hours standing up and you don't even realize it. But man, you you could kill almost a case of beer. Oh, man. But um, yeah, so I, I don't know. When I see the stock market, I see this. It is really like a get rich quick, which is like the epitome of broke fucking mentality. You just broke. You know nothing about finances. You know nothing about law. You just think it. Yeah, I, I got it all figured out. Nobody who is wealthy, who is doing great, has said, "I got this shit." Unless they are on like a two hundred billion dollar yacht, you know. Unless they're Bezos, and even then, you see he's he he figured out like one aspect of life, but then you see like how he reacts to like just talking to other people and his laugh. Oh my god, if this dude. I would buy into the fact that this guy was an evil villain about to take over the world until I heard him laugh, until I saw him have like his hover hand on, on I guess it was his girlfriend or whatever. And once I saw that, I'm like, oh, this guy's not taking over shit. Now, he's really good at running a business, I guess, or making money off that stuff. But, you know, but, you know, meanwhile, <laughs> the robot of a man, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I mean, that's, this is a person who doesn't emote. And that's, that's the terrifying thing. Cause he's already been, he's been dead for, you know, 15 years. He's already turned himself into a robot, but you know, he's propped up. He's, you know, white as a sheet of paper, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see how that goes, I guess. But as my issues with these things of seeing, yeah, I don't know when, when, when the general public gets attached to anything, I mean, that's why people don't like certain bands that like it became, it went too mainstream. I mean, I guess it's not a bad thing, but a lot of times when the, general public has no business into something that's like, well, they became Nickelback, you know, and, uh, or Coldplay. And it's like, no, they're, they have their purpose. I mean, I like Coldplay now more so than ever. They really, I don't know, but it's like, you know, they, it went so mainstream. It's down the middle to where you've convinced people that like, no, nah, it's okay. Start buying this, start doing that, start trading this. And like people who don't, I mean, <laughs> some of these people don't even know how to wipe their ass and you really want them to try to buy into markets and just put their money up. I mean, it's like, nah, it's, it's just not going to happen. Um, which then leads me to my final topic, which this one, man, I'm so, I, I can't tell you this, this is the one that really gets me. Um, and it has to do with bank fees and bank fees and like timing transactions, like just, just, you know, doing just a normal bank kind of thing. And this comes down to the, like, Oh, you need, didn't learn how to do this in school. It's like, yeah, that's why. You know, even if I learned it in school, they still find a way to fuck you. So, you know, I, I've i had so many... Well, let's start it out. So the first bank I had got bought up by another bank. And then in 2008, they consolidated more banks because now they have more power. Um, so this bank has changed a number of times. And I even left this one bank. Let's, tell, let's you know, 800-pound gorilla in the room. You know, whatever, whatever the expression is, you want to call it Wells Fargo. Fuck that bank and fuck Chase Bank for that, too. The same reasons. Um, so they, you know, bought up all of the other banks. And what I guess you know, they always talk about this dumbass stagecoach. And honestly, like the first time I had a, one of their cards with a stagecoach on it, my friend thought it was Budweiser. He's like, dude, where'd you get a Budweiser card? And I'm like, this is a this is a stagecoach. These aren't Clydesdales, dude. So he drank too much. I think he stopped right about now, which is probably good. So, um, yeah, but it's like, you know, 
it like has like when you first became a member, like somehow they retain all this information, even though I've left them and then I came back, they still know like, Oh, you've been a member since, you know, the nineties. It's like, not really. Um, so this bank, I mean, the, the issue that I'm having with these types of institutions now is, is transaction fees. It's bank fees. It's, and everybody's had this. This is, this is some broke shit right here. I mean, First of all, when they tell you, like, you have just, like, you want to open just a basic savings account. Like, all right, let's talk about banking 101. So they typically would loan money based off of what is in checking accounts. So that's why they want you to have a certain amount or a guaranteed amount in there. So that's what they, you know, everybody's seen, like, you know, it's a wonderful life. And it's like, well, your money's in his house. And it's in that house. You know, it used to be that kind of stuff. Well, savings and loans don't exist anymore. And you could thank Reagan for that. But ultimately, when... You get these accounts, they'll tell you some like underlying things like, you know, certain criteria that you have to hit. You got to if you have direct deposit, which most institutions do now, most companies, except for a few, which I even looked into this because I worked for a place uh, between jobs. I would just work somewhere else. They still did paper checks. And this was in 2018. And because they did the paper check, it didn't matter how much I was depositing because it wasn't direct deposit. Chase Bank would clip me for like $16 a month unless there was a certain amount. Well, I don't need to keep that much in a checking. You just push it all towards the savings or something like that if you know if you can. I'm not saying I'm doing too hot because, I mean, you know, it's pretty bone dry. Uh, you'll see why I got more of these bank fees. But the bank fee itself is just kind of bullshit. I understand why they would do it, but for certain accounts, it is totally a cash grab. And these are also banks that have had many class action lawsuits against them. I, I When I was with Wells Fargo originally, they started signing me up for their new way to save kind of thing. And this is, I'd much rather advertise any fucking thing else other than these two, these fucking banks. But unless they want to give me a bunch of money, then I will, you know, I'm not above that. I don't think anybody is. If you're broke as shit, you'll take any payout. But the bank fee, man, this is where they fuck you real bad. And this is like, I, I don't know. <laughs> This shit is criminal, man. Like if if the mob does it to you or something, it's like I can understand, you know, like it's a criminal enterprise, whatever. What are you gonna say? They're gonna beat the shit out of you. But this is just like you gotta be fucking kidding me. Um and it's always at the worst time too. It's always like you're in the middle of like buying, you know, like something from a Chinese restaurant or something. It's like some cheap ass fried rice or something. <laughs> That's when ah shit, they took the fee. So then it causes you to overdraft by like twenty five cents, and then they tack on a thirty fucking dollar charge. And it's it's oh my god, this type of shit always happens. So when it comes to the bank fees, it's like so okay. So Wells Fargo, they they tell you early on, okay, if you don't have direct deposit, okay, you have to have so much in the checking, and then you also have to have. I think there's some other thing. It's usually the third thing is really like nobody worries about it. It's usually those two things. Because usually it's direct deposit or you have at least like 500 in the account. Um, but if you're using a checking account to just to pay certain bills, then a lot of times that can be depleted, which again, fucks you. And then they end up with even more money. So they signed me up for this dumbass way to save. This is when it first came out. I told them I didn't want it. Or I, yeah, I told them I didn't want it. And they kept signing me up for the thing. And I kept canceling the shit. And I kept and the way that it works is it it every transaction takes, I think, the remaining balance or a dollar and throws that into your account. And so every time you make a transaction, it throws another dollar or whatever amount you choose to keep going into the savings account. I kept saying, like, why the hell is this shit the shit showing up? And it, I, I kept going on. It's like five or six times I called them to shut this thing down. 
and it kept re-enrolling me. Well, then at one point I got a letter in the mail saying there's a like four or five billion dollar class action lawsuit because they're just signing people up. Well, I didn't realize the way that they get people to invest and to talk to their shareholders about how well they're doing as a banking institution is to also to, I assume, send something to the government to get money back. It's a bit of a scam. What they would do is they'd open up these false accounts saying that it grew by this much, and that way they could kind of falsify some reports. Well, they really got hosed for this, and they had to pay out a lot of money. But it doesn't mean shit because they already control so much. They already control so many, so much of the housing market and all this other stuff. But it's like, dude, you guys, what the fuck? This is some criminal shit. If I stole a pack of gum, there'd be a gun to my head and it, like a cop chasing me down. This is like, I mean, this is <laughs> the scale at which these people do this kind of stuff is is insane to me. This is like what happened in Superman three, <laughs> you know, or Office Space. But this is like you're doing this to like. 50 million people and so there was such a big you know uh settlement that they had to do I mean, realistically you get like 10 bucks as a person so like i never really followed through my brother on the other hand he's like you make these people pay you do that you, know, you waste their time do all this kind of shit which i probably should have done if i you know now i probably would because i i see myself slowly sliding into just like curmudgeon status where i'm just gonna be that old pissed off guy that's just walking around complaining about music being too loud um so that was the first issue I had with them because this was shortly after the 2008, uh, you know, housing issue where the banks became consolidated into really like, I don't know how many there are even right now, but it was like 10 banks where before it was, you know, there are much more. So that happened. And then when I, I moved for work towards the Cincinnati area, there were no Wells Fargo banks and I'm not really tied to them. I don't really care. Cause it's like, They've turned it into something like, oh, you don't want us? Fuck you. Go find somebody else. Because, you know, it's like, yeah, all right, I'll just go find another one. Well, I signed up for Chase because they were given like, I think it was like three or 600 bucks at the time if you just stayed with them. They gave it to me within like the first two weeks, which they said if you're there for six months. They gave me the 600, which was awesome. I was like, all right, some free money. This is great. This is that. This is this. And I was like, okay, let's open up a savings with them. Well, then, then they changed their policy on the savings. And then you had to have at least, I think it was five or ten thousand in the bank or something. If not, they'd charge you fourteen dollars every month that you didn't. Well, I had money. Again, we talk from the car wreck. That's how I make my money. That car wreck gave me that money. I put it in there. It's doing great. You know, you got my five dollars worth of interest. <laughs> you know, some sad shit. Where I never understood that with Futurama. He's there for a thousand years, but even compounding interest. Do you realize it really would not have been that much money? Not to offset the, also the cost of inflation, or if since it was one world, you know, country at that time, do they even still use the same money system? How I mean, like, you know, it doesn't really account for that because if you had all your money saved in lira, did that switch over to euro? I guess it did. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Um, but Futurama aside, it's like okay, so I had that, and then I think I used that whatever to pay off some shit, and then you know, credit cards, and then. <laughs> Oh God, there's going to be, there's going to be like three episodes talking about fucking credit cards. Oh my God. But, and I want to hear your guys stuff. Cause I'm sure people got some lawless shit out there and I, I'd love to hear that again at broke as shit podcast at gmail.com or broke as S H T on Instagram. Um, but yeah, so I use the money to 
buy a house. I talked to Chase Bank. Um, and the weirdest thing too is like, okay, so the money, I talked to Chase Bank and, you know, they did the, like the pre-approval, all that kind of stuff to buy the, the house. Like it was my first house or whatever. And I did that, which is great. And, but they were going to offer like some like terrible amount of, you know, like they, they, they weren't offering the right things. They ultimately, ironically went back to Wells Fargo. They had the best deal when it came to first time home buyer and all that kind of stuff. So I took the money from that savings or whatever. I didn't use it all, but I, I took some of that and I put that in there. But then because it went below like the 10,000 mark or whatever, then they started charging me every month, 14 bucks, then $14, then $14. And I'm like, is there any way to stop this? Like, well, if you have direct deposit, I'm like, well, I don't have direct deposit in to the savings accounts. You usually go to the checking and then you swip, swap it over. Well, then I changed jobs. I, you know, sell the house, whatever. I move to another state. And I'm working at this place that only does paper checks. And I'm like, okay, Chase is not bad, whatever. They gave me a little Mickey Mouse card. You know, I'm a product of that shit. They sold me on this stupid mouse as well. Uh, you know, yay, go Disney. Um, you know, plow the rainforest, build the Magic Kingdom. But they, they themselves, because it was... <laughs> God, this is where it really made me fucking mad, man. I was irate. And you're like, you know you're like yelling at your car window mad. Like that's a level of mad. And because, you know, somebody's looking at you while you're driving and they're probably wondering, like, what the fuck's wrong with this? Like, I've seen people just like, you know, singing, doing whatever the hell they want. I've seen people reading a book. You know, they used to do their makeup in the car. People, I've seen that. saw it the other day, actually. But like somebody's like yelling at their window, but they're not moving. Like, that's the kind of fucking mad I am. So I, because I didn't have direct deposit, what ended up happening was they started charging me $14 for not having direct deposit into the checking account because the checking account is just used to just kind of, you know, placeholder, get the money in, pay the bills, do whatever. It doesn't have five grand or whatever in there. They're like, okay, the fuck, man? Charging me $14 for this? I even called them about that. They're like, oh, we can get rid of one of them. But, again, because I was building up the savings again, trying, not doing a hot job because, you know, you go through some shit, you wanted to keep buying some stuff. When I was over in England, I kept buying a bunch of useless shit that I ultimately had to leave there because I couldn't take it back with me. You know, broke mentality. Still broke. Smart enough to see what the fuck's happening, but too stupid to continue to be broke. <laughs> so, these people charged me $14 for the savings and then $14 for the checking. I don't know. You guys are math whizzes out there. It's 28 bucks. Where the fuck does $28 come from? So they're taking this money from me for not having enough money. I'm like, how fucking dare you guys? I'm like, why? As it was like, well, we want to teach you that you need to have money. So we're going to take money from you so you know that you need to have more money. And it, it's just like, again, this is some criminal shit, these people. So why would I be paying that much? And I'm like, I got to find a way to get out of this shit. I hate Chase because they, they burn me for, for life, son. And I just happened to work right next to a credit union. And the one thing I found out about a credit unions, uh, there's, so <laughs> you want to go back through the history of the United States. Uh, a lot of banks would not lend to people who were not white. Well, the greatest thing is the people who you tend to use the most in credit unions tend to be the people who, the banks don't like. And that could be poorer people, minorities, black people. And I understand why they go to credit unions now. It's not just because a lot of times they look at you like you're a human being. It's because they also have better fucking deals. And they don't charge you for 
having too little money and they don't charge you because you didn't amass a certain amount that they then want to loan out. They work the way that a bank, I assume, used to work prior to me being alive. Um, and it was great. I was like, holy, what the fuck is this? Like, why did I never see this shit before? So I joined, the only problem with the credit union is a lot of times credit unions are not national, which means if you don't live there, you can't really use them that well. Um, I still have my credit union accounts. You want to know how much money is in that shit? Zero dollars. How much money have they ever charged me in fees? None. I've overdrawn it. Fucking A, I have. Every broke person overdraws their account. I mean, like, I... I used to overdraw this thing and like time it so that way I could somehow put money in before they would charge me the overdraft fee back in my Wells Fargo or Chase days. I mean, this is the type of shit. I mean, at least this is what you're doing. It's like you're flying a little too close to the sun. You just kind of skim off the water as you're coming in for the landing. That's pretty much what it was like to go before you went to payday. Um, which makes me wonder, like, how did that ever happen? Because I, 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 I've never made that much money in my life, but I've worked enough decent jobs where it's like oh it's it's totally me uh, but then more and more policies and more and more things get put into place to where they're looking for people like me to where they want you to stay in that rut so I went to a credit union I was like this is fucking amazing I love this then I got a different job and I had to move to another state <laughs> that's another thing a lot of broke people man they're moving they move a lot uh, so stick and move I never stay in a place very long but so it moved to this other state. Of course, they don't have that credit union because it's only based on the other state. Uh, but then I look for other ones, and where I live, the only ones that exist are somewhat military-related. Not military. So, unfortunately, my options were like a Bank of America, who made some shady shit deals back in 2008, Wells Fargo, and I think maybe one or two Chase. Well, I already told Chase to go fuck themselves. I, I said that on their phone. I was like, we're going to be recorded for quality purposes. I'm like, well, you ain't doing shit with this. I told you to go fuck yourself. And, you know, they don't like that. And then they hang up on you. But they close the account. So I went back to Wells Fargo. And I love how they tell me, like, oh, you've been a member since in the 90s. And I'm like, dude, I left. I am. Don't consider me back to this thing. They offered me, I shit you not, when I joined, <laughs> if I wanted to sign up for the way to save checking. And I'm like, or the way to save uh, savings. It was like, <laughs> like, oh, you know about it? I'm like, yeah, idiot. I was part of the class action suit against you guys. Like, oh, yeah, we were doing some things. It's like, okay. So, unfortunately, you always go back to them. There's no escaping the shit. And I I noticed that, too, when I was seeing, like, you, know, you see a lot of the infomercials, and we can do things with, like, payday loans, too, because I know a few people that did payday loans. I'd never do that shit in my life. But a lot of the bigger banks will be the owners, like the parent companies of these payday companies, a lot of them. So... They get you one way or that. You're, there's no way you can avoid it. Um, and, I mean, they set it up like that. I mean, that's, again, if you are if you're not falling prey to a broke lifestyle and a broke mentality, maybe not under any fault of your own, or it's hard to get without, you know, it, like it's an ever-growing pit that everybody, I think, kind of deals with. Some more than most, and it's like it's it's collapsing on the edge, and if you're on those kind of fringes, you're going to fall at a very quick rate. See, good at math, that kind of thing. You know, still broke as shit. So when it comes to those banks, it's like, okay, uh, my wife and I, we have an account that we, you know, we joint account. We put the money in, we do that, we can pay bills. I know a lot of people that do this. People that live with their significant other. It's a great idea. I know a buddy who's been married for years doing the same shit. 
after 2020, now they started started uh, applying a fee. They never used to do this. Because it was a joint account, it never used to apply a monthly fee. But now if it's less than, <laughs> this is the best part, when it's less than $15,000, or if it's less than, or if you don't have direct deposit, they're going to charge you $15 a month. And I, I for the life, again, you can call them. They'll waive usually the first one. Maybe the second if you get somebody, but they write the shit down. They know they know who the fuck you are. You know, there's probably a, a dartboard and they're just throwing shit at you. But what the audacity in this kind of thing is like, and I guess maybe it's only if you're broke as shit that you deal with this all the time because I can't imagine people who are like really well off. I mean, you got, again, why would you have that? I mean, um, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like, so, okay, so what I did, and they were doing this type of shit too. They started doing it again. They started kicking all of them in. It's like, oh, we know times are tough. They at least they release all those stupid fucking commercials in 2020. Like, nah, we we care about you guys. We're gonna help you out. We're gonna do this. Don't worry about that. Nah, you don't have to. You don't have to pay anything towards these this this fee this whatever. I mean, we'll still charge you the interest in the back end. So we're gonna actually have it all still compile and we're gonna charge it and throw it all on after 2020, and then you're fucked. But what they do. Now they started charging fees on everything again. So they put more fees. And I got a friend, same kind of thing. He's running into that limbo as well. He's, you know, skimming off the water, like skipping stones. And you're just trying not to overdraft. And a lot of times that stupid fee causes you to overdraft. And a lot of times they're like, oh, we'll get rid of the we'll get rid of the uh, overdraft fee. But they'll still keep $15. From what? Like, but it doesn't make any stupid sense. So this is this is the issue. <laughs> Where being broke as shit, it's like all of your bad habits come back around to bite you. But it's almost like there's there's kind of a system in place that like wants to feed off of you. And rather than feed off the people that do far better, tour, or if it's just like kind of even across the board or whatever, you're you're taking pennies on the dollar <laughs> from the broke people. But there's a shitload of broke people, <laughs> which you'd still get so much better i mean it's just like i don't know this isn't like turning into some like marxist bullshit but this is just like there's the audacity of these dumb things so you end up with that kind of like sum of all fears which is like you have a delayed transaction and then you get this stupid fee that comes around that you you know they never tell you about and it just somehow comes in they say they can change these rules at any point that's how you know it's a fucking scam if they say we can change we have reserved a right to kick you out change the rules Fuck your mother. Do whatever you want to do. You can't say shit, or you can just leave. We don't care, but we'll be back because we're going to own everything, and you're going to do it. But they basically got you by the balls. So the worst part is you have a delayed transaction. You get a fee. That causes you to go down. That transaction comes through because that was before the fee. You overdraft your account. I mean, that is the triple crown if there ever was one. Unfortunately, this crown is made of tinfoil and it's not really a crown. It's something like, you know, you as a crackhead would steal. So I don't know, you know, but this is how I see all of the shit kind of tie together because I can't imagine many people are doing so well. To, I mean, there's like, it's like that Instagram lifestyle. Like they live in, they want to become buying this, this I'm doing, I got the crypto, I got this bullshit, but I guarantee you everybody's kind of skimming off that pond. There's some people I'm sure that are doing much better whatever, you know, maybe they kept their, uh, their habits in check, but are you really living life? But, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. So like the bank fees, man. Like if there's ever a way to get around it. So when I finally move and stay somewhere long enough, you know, work wise, man, the real way to go if you're broke as shit, credit union all the way. They're always willing to help. They offer great rates. I mean, I cannot say enough good things about it. And all of the people I've talked to who have actually gone to credit unions, they love it. Those people actually know who they are. Even the people working there, they, they it, it's, it just seems much better. And that's why I still have that account. I still have those accounts. And honestly, I should use those as kind of like quick savings things. Um, you can do a few other things too. Like uh, I've looked at like uh, online savings accounts at like American Express and stuff like that. But that's a whole other a whole other thing to get into with. I mean, like you, there's certain banks that they almost treat you like you're some kind of pariah anyway, even though you have business with them. Like, I don't know. It's like, I'm not asking you to roll out a red carpet, but you know, <laughs> don't call me like a bitch or something. Like when I call you to ask a question about something or like they treat you like they're somehow a placeholder for your parent. And it is like, I, I don't need this talking down to from a bank. So, yeah, so that was episode two. It's pretty sweet, I guess. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, follow along, again, various places. Um, I guess when this comes out, eventually, leave it some thumbs up. Uh, I guess iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow along, tell your people about it. If you are broke as shit, which I assume you are if you're listening to this, as are most people in this world, because we're all kind of getting fucked by the man. And not really even a man at this point. It's just some all-seeing hand, you know, eye, hand, whatever, it it could be anything. It could be it's like a godlike, you know, thing to I imagine it's a giant abacus that nobody's gonna know what that is. You know, little thing with the you move the what is it, the little beads on the side that was the, the toy that everybody had as a kid that was just useless because nobody knew what the fuck this was and they didn't understand. Like I don't know why they give those to kids because you don't explain to them how to use it or what the denominations or what any of that shit actually means. But everybody knows what I'm talking when you say that kind of stuff. But it's like, okay, so you have the abacus, but it's like, that's the thing that really controls it. And they keep you broke through marketing, you know, playing to your own worst enemies. Um, but follow along, you know, subscribe, or I guess, you know, I, I really got to learn the nomenclature, uh, whatever, fuck it. I got to learn what this is called. But um, check it out, Facebook is the the pages BAS comedy podcast uh leave your broke as shit stories at broke as shit podcast at gmail.com any comments any uh emails about that and then also uh follow along on the Instagram see where my broke as shit lifestyle leads me um uh, at broke as SHT and talk to you guys soon I promise it'll get smooth as it goes along.